Hi, I'm Kylie. And I'm Caitlin. And we're recording live straight from the hive. This is our first podcast episode. And today what we're really going to talk a bit about is why we started Honey and Hive, a bit about our backgrounds, our stories, really just what brought us to this point as Honey and Hive, because not a lot of people know about it, right? There were a lot of ups and downs we had to figure out. And to be honest, we were thrown. <laughs> we were thrown into this full-time agency and we're absolutely blessed part of this and to have this as our full-time jobs. But God, it was in, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And we hope you enjoy this. We're just going to be fully open and honest and candid about it and see where this conversation takes us. You want to share a little bit about Huss and Honeys and how, what is that? Because some people listening might not even know what Huss and Honeys is. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Hustle and Honeys is the first iteration of Honey and Hive, and it was the baby step of where we are today. So we officially started Hustle and Honeys in November of 2020, but it all started with a text from Caitlin to myself in September. Yeah, it was September. Yeah, I can vividly remember getting the text. I was in my kitchen cooking after work, and I was like, oh, Caitlin Sorensen texted me. I haven't heard from her in a while. And she asked me if I went to start a marketing company together. And I was totally blown away, not expecting that. At the time, I was working for a tech startup, so crazy busy. And Caitlin, you were at a full-time agency already doing full marketing. And so we said, yeah, let's do it. But I needed a month. Yeah. Caitlin could use a month. <laughs> we definitely could. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's reconvene in a month. And then we started Zooming and really talking about it seriously. And then, like I said, November of 2020, we were a go. Um, do you want to give some insight into where you were at that time and what you were thinking? And Yeah, I, I, I think that. And let me know what you saw, too, because obviously TikTok was really big during the pandemic and this was happening. Everyone was on it and everyone started sharing. What are some additional ways that I can take my skills online? And that that was a common thing that kept coming up and bringing it up. And then I saw people who are close to us doing something similar, like that small business marketing aspect. And I had always, you know, I had, I worked at my, my internship in college was at a very small business. And I saw firsthand how just having one person on that team can really specifically dedicated to marketing can actually help them grow. And we tripled the amount of people we had. It was insane what we were able to accomplish just by running Facebook ads and having social media presence and things like that. And it was something I always wanted to start. It was small business marketing. And then I saw people around me starting to do that. And I just thought if they can do it, we can definitely do it. And I think what really sparked Kylie and I had been working together a lot in college. So we were both on student government. We worked on a lot of projects, a lot of creative projects specifically. And we worked really well together. So when I had this idea, it was just, it was really easy to be, oh, that's who I would to pursue this with. And I think what sparked is I actually helped Kylie's roommate. We hadn't seen each other in so long because of the pandemic, but we moved this giant, it was a TV stand. Yeah. The heaviest piece of furniture. It was so heavy. It was so heavy. And so 
we and so that kind of i don't know it sparked oh we haven't seen each other or talked to each other in so long and so yeah reached out we both agreed let's take a month and honestly i think that was a really good decision because we didn't immediately throw ourselves into it we built a brand that was a really big thing and i think that people got really excited about it and we're really lucky because a lot of our network was really supportive. We actually started a clothing company for a little bit around it. That was fun. And we made everything ourselves. And yeah, we taught ourselves how to screen print and we made everything. <laughs> so I just forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I was like a uh, locked memory because it, it took so long. It really took so long to make them. But it was really nice because we had so many of our close friends and families and people even we hadn't talked to in a while were super interested in it and then yeah we were doing that during our full time it really started as like a side hustle yeah I don't think either of us at that point in November December 2020 ever would have thought that February 2022 we'd be this what were your some of your as hustling honeys what was your timeline because I had my own thoughts but what do you what did you imagine for us as hustling honeys I really imagined Hustlin' Honeys, like, to me, it was always a goal, mm -hmm. but I don't think it was ever in my head that, yes, it will be a full-time agency. Right. It was always, like, at hope, and hopefully we can build there, maybe. I think in my head it was, like, five years. Like, it was really, I, I think just because I never, like, at my time at Menlo, for those who don't know, Menlo College, where we both went, it's very entrepreneurial. It's not its own major now because it's so popular with the student body, and there's, like, clubs dedicated to it, and... I just never related to that. I did an interview like right before Hustlin' Honeys with some lady about something entrepreneurial. And I said, yeah, just not me. I don't think I'll ever be my own boss. I'll always work for someone else. And I think it took doing it yeah. to realize that, oh, this is really fulfilling and what I like to do. And so I think yeah. when we were in that starting phase, it still was, I was still learning that and so to me it was always we'll do this on the side we'll have our full-time gigs and yeah it's just like, almost like a creative outlet at the time to have that full vision and not just be like I don't know for me I was like bottom of totem pole for a team so I was executing other people's visions whereas with Hustlin' Honeys we were strategizing and executing. yeah because yeah, we were building Hustlin' Honeys to like to be that eventually mm -hmm. because I don't know if people who do know about Hustlin' Honeys a lot of people don't know that we didn't even pay ourselves we weren't even we weren't even around six months before we started <laughs> like I think it was like at the six month point and then we just put all that money into Honey and Hive which is also really nice that was a big piece of it too we had a good starting point but really our goal was to build up a really good nest egg is a good word where we could rely on that should we pursue something more want to expand it a bit or scale and have those funds to do and so I just think that we were setting ourselves up all the whole time to eventually portray this but I think yeah our timeline we talked about was two to five years I would agree like two years was probably closer to mine but I had seen myself in my current job pursuing that for a really long time and like Kylie said this was like a really awesome creative outlet I was doing similar stuff at my agency but not making an impact on small businesses like we set out to so it was it almost was that great feeling of like when we first started it wasn't really just about the fact that we could do this it's a way to make money it's we were in the pandemic and a lot of people didn't know how to enforce this and so that was another sweet spot we were able to hit but yeah, like now we're here and I think that an important piece we want to talk about is really like what happened that day. 
there's, there's one very significant day in our history that got us from that stage of side hustle to our full-time gig is Honey Hive. So do you want to kick it off and <laughs> talk about that day? Yeah, it was a tough day for us. So as Kyrie had mentioned, I was working at a full-time agency. And so I was working at a company that specialized in a very specific niche of marketing. And I was hired to do that. And then eventually we just learned our clients, they want to pursue how do we take, it was positioning, so in messaging. So how do we take that messaging and then implement it into all of our other channels? And so I had experience and I have interest in that. And so pretty much I became, director is a big word, but I was just the only one in that department of our company where I was taking on these clients, managing their content market. And it was really fun because I understood exactly where they were coming from, how they wanted to implement. It was a very unique position. We were doing really well. My side of the business, I think, was generating a great amount of income for our business. It was really great. I was working my way up, making an awesome salary, but then it was just getting too much for um, my boss. And so she just brought me over and she just said, look, we don't really want to do this side of the business anymore. And I understood it was unfortunate, but she offered me something really unique. She said, we love working with you. You understand it. So what we want to do is we want to have you be the CEO of your own business within our business. So the company I was working at would be an umbrella and then I would create my own business separate, but it would be under this umbrella. Only thing is that I would have to stop hustling honeys. So this passion project or side gig that we've been working on for, it was about four months at this point because it was around February. Um, yeah, four months. And she just said, no, it's a competition. Like it's competition to your business. And what I think what we finally realized is that because I talked to a mentor of mine. I talked to my mom even. I called Kylie and let her know. And like the general consensus of it was if in that company, I, if my failures were my failures and my successes were my successes. And so I would rather have those failures with my team at Hustle and Honeys or whatever that might become as opposed to under someone else and really own them, especially since we had that going and something I think something really great my mom told me too was that right now is like the best time to do this because I have a puppy like that was pretty much that was pretty much it the yeah. dependency and then she just said get a job to pay your rent to pay for food and for Phoebe's food do what you need to do in order to make this happen but this is a really great time you don't have kids you don't have a mortgage do what you need to do to try it and I was like that that's it like and so from there and then I called Kylie and I just let I let her know what it what it was what was going to happen that I was going to pursue this and yeah before I kind of hop into immediately what happened after that which is pretty awesome Kylie's emotions that day so you called me in the morning between some meetings like just saying like what happened here's the situation I'm forced to choose and you hadn't made up your mind yet mm -hmm. And I think that was even before you talked to your mom and yeah. just here's what's happening. I feel like I was having a really busy day too. So I was like, let's just talk. Yeah. Get this out yeah. and bye and we'll talk later. And I cried. My one I was just crying because in my mind, I was like, it's an amazing opportunity. We're building this. But in my mind, it wasn't like, yeah, Caitlin can just drop her job and do hustle and So I was like, of course she's going to choose her other option and we're done. In my mind, I was already mourning. I split up on you. We hadn't even reached the decision. And then we talked later. We're doing this. I called my mom. We're doing this. 
Caitlin's doing this for now. And it, like you said, we were just shoved into it instead of that prior timeline, perhaps of waiting years and building it up. So everything just, it became really real all at once. And it was so exciting, but yeah, there was a lot of emotions that day. So it was definitely an emotional day on both sides. And I think that just really speaks to how much we believed in what we were doing and how excited we were, right? Like that in a moment, all of this was just taken away <laughs> potentially. And that's just not what we wanted. We really saw ourselves doing this so much. And then I told my company that I was going to be leaving and pursuing my own. And they had nothing but bad things to say. It was, they had nothing but nice things to say, nothing but, you know, supportive wishes. And they felt that this was a great opportunity as well. And so what they actually happened to do is because my boss is very respected in her industry is a really good way to put it. And she's very well respected. She has, she's a legend in what she does, but she had a starting point in PR where her boss gave her a couple of clients to get her started with her business. And so she gifted that to me. And so she signed over instead of just terminating contracts that we were working with. We had a small transitional period for two months with our current clients. They then after those two months got to decide if they wanted to continue working with me. And we had really built up a great relationship. So and they are still working with me today. And so I manage those clients and Kylie supports with those ones, but it has her own. So we started off Honey and Hive officially May. May 1st was our official date. And so March and April, we were transitioning those clients and showing them what would it look like with just us working on them. And so this, that meant that I went full time. So I was all in. And during this time, that's when we officially decided Hus and Honeys, not everyone identifies as a Hus and Honey. We loved it because we had this vision of we can work with women specifically. We can pick specific clients, but we realized that there were opportunities out there that it made more sense to broaden up our um, branding a bit. So that's how Honey and Hive was born. I think we brainstormed that name for a while. A while. <laughs> we, were a, we were on a Zoom call and we brainstormed for a while. But yeah, I think that a big part of that too that was really helpful is or just any suggestions that I think we have during that period if you're transitioning and we can talk about this even more because there's definitely a lot of context there but I think a really big aspect was we had a mentor to help yeah. us through and we're really grateful for that a mentor that I've worked with and then I introduced Kylie we even work on a couple of his companies as well that he because he is an entrepreneur and so he really just showed us the ropes yeah, I think again of just turning it into a fun side hustle into a serious business and kind of tightening up all those loose ends that we were trying to figure out along the way. And we we're like, oh, we have time to figure out all these technical or back end operational aspects. Right. But once you became full time and now we have a lot more clients, it, he just really helped us come in and tighten up the ship. So, yeah. yeah, like you said, I think that was a key part of that transition from actual hustling honeys to honey and hive. All right, should we start talking about full-time, what that looks like? So just a preface, I started full-time and Kylie stayed at her tech startup and then eventually moved to our alma mater, Menlo, and worked there as a digital uh, marketing manager. And so for about three months, four months, maybe, I was 
just managing on my own full-time. And then Kylie did have her own clients. So she was treating Honey and Hive like it was a full-time business and a side gig all at the same time. That was a ton of time Um But yeah, I, I don't have too much to say, to be honest, about my full-time experience because I really transitioned from one agency to our own agency doing very similar work. We were introducing new clients and scaling at the time. So we added a couple of clients onto our docket, but really things did not change too drastically. I think Kylie's story is much more interesting on her transition to full-time. I'll let her take away. Like you said, when we were doing that step of you becoming full-time, I was still at my original job that um, started as an internship while I was still in college and then transitioned. I worked there two years total and I started my second to last semester in college. I came in as an intern and was doing school and then transitioned to uh, a full-time role as any startup. There was a lot of roles under my belt. And so I started in sales. I applied for a marketing position, but there just wasn't room on the team. So they'd always known I was interested. And then I randomly just made a presentation deck for our sales team because we needed one and we didn't really have any solid materials. And my manager at the time was like, I didn't know you had these kinds of skills. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first step of doing half. And for a while, I did both. Would assist with marketing materials, more so like content creation and work on the sales. And then eventually I stepped more and more. It was always a hybrid role. So I never was doing marketing full time, but it was always in conjunction with whatever other role I was on with was sales and then more of like a talent support role for influencers. So like I said, there's a myriad of responsibilities and duties, and they were very much focused on fast growth, high performance. So there was a lot of 12 hour days and then just trying to figure out where to fit in Honey and Hive or Hustle and Honey is whichever time period you're looking at <laughs> into the mix. So yeah, there were a lot of late nights at that time, but it was so worth it. Like you said, like that mindset of just doing this job to pay the bills. And then really my passion was our business and our clients. And then trying to find the time to quit, to be very honest. I, I think just where we were with the company, we couldn't support both of us full time in the beginning. So that's why we had that in-between period. And then, like you said, our alma mater, a friend of ours, was holding the digital marketing manager position at Menlo College. And she was going to move on to a different company. So I got a bit of a heads up that this marketing position would be opening. It was Menlo. We are both fanatic about Menlo. So I was like, of course I'm interested. And obviously it would still be a full-time position, but just the culture, I think, of a college, a nonprofit, and a sole role on digital marketing management instead of everything between three different departments felt much more realistic to balance that with this role at Honey and Hive. So it took maybe two months from finding out about the role to actually being able to interview and then eventually getting the position. But that was an amazing transition. Like I said, they're also just more focused on work-life balance, a lot more understanding. So I was still doing everything of a full-time job, but much more nine to five instead of eight to eight. <laughs> so a lot more wiggle room um, to fit in our clients. But then, yeah, we, we just kept growing. <laughs> which is not a bad thing, but it came to a point where it just wasn't realistic or even fair is how I put it to my manager to be splitting the time between both because it just felt like both were being neglected. There wasn't enough time 
to really give my all in either. And of course, I was trying to prioritize our efforts because in my head, I knew that was the long term goal and on the obvious next step. So I was giving my fair share to the medlo, but like I said, it just wasn't fair anymore. So in the fall, I did quit that position. But when I had to do that horrible breakup Zoom, we pitched the idea of them staying on with Honey and Hive, at least for a transitional period, just to fill the gap. So I ended up loving that idea and came on as a client. And we are still happy to be working with them. They have filled the role. So now we are working with them in a different scope. But yeah, we're still really happy to be working with them and just being able to support our alma mater and the students and stay connected with alumni. So it was a really, I was so sad to leave that. <laughs> like, yeah, we had to, it was like, I would have stayed. If, if there was no Honey and Hive, I would definitely, like our, um, the president of Menlo on my first day, he, he told me, careful, he might never leave. <laughs> but I definitely think if yeah. we didn't have this, I would be there for a long haul so it was a tough decision but just for the sake of our business which I said is like the full-time goal it just had to happen but yeah we're really happy to be working with them still yeah and I think that we were it it, we were really grateful that we were or at least Kylie was going into a role where they almost I I almost feel like they understood that was the end goal and they knew about Honey and Hive, like so supportive of it. When Kylie ultimately told them they were so open to the idea of us coming also and we pitched it as, you know, now you're getting two of us too, because I work on it as well a bit and it's been refreshing being an alumni coming back and mm -hmm. Almost full of circle. Cause we were yeah. both very involved on campus and are still involved outside of our contract and so it was just it was really awesome it was able to work out and then we're still working with them even after they filled it it's been it's been great but yeah let's talk about maybe like the first months of entrepreneurship so what were some of the because i was in it for just a little bit longer than you so how was that initial shock of okay now you're not in a rigid nine to five even though we do work a nine to five because our clients are a nine to five that's something we'll have to talk about later. But um, like making your own schedule, making your own to-dos based on what everyone's going on. Like, how did you adapt to that? Because I think that's a that's a good word for what we had to do is we really had to adapt to a new workplace environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there were definitely ups and downs. The very first emotion I feel like was just like a sigh of relief. Like I no longer had to feel like almost guilty to be an alliance. And it was just like, okay, like, I can actually do this. I don't have to, if I've snuck, yeah, like you said, our clients are working nine to five. So even though I'm trying to work on clients after hours of my traditional jobs, there's still client messages that come through, fires to put out. And I, yeah, like I said, I didn't have to feel guilty or awkward about handling those things during working hours. So that felt just so great to be able to put mm -hmm. all of my energy, all of our efforts into supporting our clients, keeping them happy, working on their account. But yeah, it's definitely, it was also a big transition into fully being my own boss. And I don't want to say having the full-time jobs was like a crutch, but there was just that other expectation. Having to go with those hours first and relying on all of that first and now this is it this is everything it's like a structure almost yeah. like having a nine to five is very structured you taking taking time off for example like you don't have to necessarily make sure everything is all in order because you tell them and then someone else covers for yeah. you because you have that or even just that 
not you're always going to be working for sure nine to five. That's something else too is technically we can work whenever we need to because it's not like as long as our clients are happy. So that I think that safety that you're talking about, I definitely viewed that as you have something to rely on that your schedule is relied on this because that's how somebody else implemented it, whether it's, you know, the work society or your actual company. Yeah, I think safety is a good, like a safety net. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's a huge team. Like we have ourselves and our small team, but it's not the same as a whole organization and marketing department behind you. And yeah, a boss to make some of those decisions. Don't get me wrong. I love being my own boss. Yeah. Sometimes you just wish you could sweep in and tell your boss you're the feeling good and have them figure out the pieces of whatever's going on that day. There is an argument for staying with the nine to five. Yeah. I think we definitely just have our own visions and goals beyond that. But I, I don't blame some of the people who stay with it. It is, I, it is easier, I would say. It's easier. I think, yeah, I think so too. To continue on what you're saying about bosses too, there's almost a safety net in that regard also where, you know, different from where, because we were client and service-based entrepreneurs or agency. And when we mess up, that's our mess up and nowhere to hide nowhere to hide and that was a lesson that we like we both definitely had to learn coming into this in a nine to five of course you have your managers and your managers can sometimes clean up that mess for you or help you work through things and I think that we just had to rely and we're equals in our business so we had to rely on each other for that and but there's no person with more experience than you to tell you everything's going to be okay because you did this it was about figuring out so i think bosses was definitely one here's our first stinger those will be our hot takes that we'll share with you so stinger stinger number one social media management has been very glamorized i'm sure it's popped up on social media things like that big one that we don't agree with is you're only your own boss that's not true. Like it's not case. It's not the case because, or even the nine to five thing, like that's another thing or two is they're both together. Like Kylie said, you have all these bosses and that was a big thing to learn is that you have to adjust their expectations of you also, not just who they are as people, what they expect and things or what they like, how they work, but it's their expectations. They all have different levels of what they want you to achieve for them and making sure that you have specific metrics in place and specific goals that you're meeting as well. It's not the normal, just nine to five, you're hitting these goals based on your path, right? You have 20 different paths with people. And then to touch on the nine to five piece of it, Social media managers will say, I can work any hours I want, blah, blah, blah. But how we view it is we're online when our clients are online. Another stinger is boundaries are important. We can go on and on about that. But we're on when our clients are on, 9 to 5. Like sometimes there'll be a straight email at 9 o'clock that we can respond to really quickly. But for the most part, they work the 9 to 5. And so it's important to be alert and ready when our clients might need something or if they want to hop on a quick call not treating it as so makes it harder for clients to get a hold of you or to be productive in those things and that's just one of the things we thought was so interesting that we heard people talking about this all the time wow that's just working four hours a week and outside of the nine to five like that's amazing we got into it and what are these how how 
<laughs> who are these people are you like what magic do you possess or do you just have your process down so much as which which we aspire to do is have a process so down where people can just like insert and the strategy works so well and it works for almost anyone is that realistic probably not don't so. we don't think so either yeah i just think that those are some of the really tough lessons that came out of entering entrepreneurship for the first time. Some of the positives, what would you say are some of the positives from the positives? Like I said, I think it's really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. We are in boss, kind of like when you were given that option of you would be running a company either way. So it wasn't like you were losing out on that leadership and development of your own self. But you know, do you want to build that all for someone else or do you want to build it for yourself? So I think just everything... All of our accomplishments and all of our failures reflect back on us. But I think either way, the only way I can think of is fulfilling. It just feels good to know that all of that is from us. Like we built this yeah, from the hustle nineties ground up. And that's all really reflected, I think, in our work, our testimonials from customers, like everything all just goes back to our efforts. And it just, it just feels so good to me. It really does. And I think it we do get that validation from our clients and customers about how something like things that some of our values, I could say, is that, you know, we want to be a part of their team. Like we don't yeah. want to just be just another contractor. And then we want them to feel like we're a part of their team and that we can help them where needed, that their wins are our wins and their failures are our failures. And we work together to figure out how to turn that into a success. And we've heard that a lot. We've heard people tell us that or rely on us. They feel so comfortable that they can even ask us for more. When putting up boundaries again, we think it's important not to be taken advantage of and have those conversations about scope. But honestly, we're happy to help people because they see that value in us because we do have that team factor. I would say some of the positives I've experienced through this is absolutely to echo what you're saying, that fulfillment of we did this, we set out to do it. Honestly, too, a huge statistic is that in the first six months, small businesses fail. And so I think that something that we're really proud of is that we put systems in place to help us not fail. Like we have one, a really good tip for client facing service business is figure out a feeder for you, like for clients. What is that feeder for you? Try to figure out what that is before establishing a cold, cold sales process, because that could help you, whether it's outreach to your network or you find an individual that's really, or a whole industry that could easily give you clients. That's a good one. And then financially speaking, I think we set us up or set ourselves up really well for success, where we were really diligent on making sure we saved a certain percentage every month, where our run rate is good so that because things happen, pandemics happen, as we saw. So having those safety nets in place, yeah, I just think that a really positive of what we did was we really did set up those good processes. And now we're learning more about the nitty gritty of the back end and such. We have the main stuff down, but learning the back end. And then I think in some of the positives too, um, from just like the client facing side Mm -hmm. is we really do listen to what they want too. We've been learning how important it is for customer service also, like forming those relationships. I feel like we do a really good job of that is not just showing up with the intent to just get the job done right? Understanding them as individuals. A client this week, sometimes we miss meetings. Like sometimes we miss meetings. And she said, oh my gosh, girlfriend, I totally forgot the meeting. I'll get everyone on. 
it was something so small of her calling me girlfriend. That's a, it's a friendly thing. It's not just like a boring client. I'm so sorry. Please excuse my no. I can just call her and say, like, hey, are you joining? Oh my gosh, girlfriend, I keep forgetting. I was like, oh, <laughs> are we friends? But Or even just asking other kids or how vacations go. It's That goes a long way, sending gifts. Yeah, those are some of the positives that I've witnessed. I think one more I'd like to add on about speaking to the clients is that something I think unique about us is that we, I don't think we have two industries that are the same. Oh, not, we don't. Yeah. So that's a choice we've taken to, to not niche down into one industry. And I, to me, that's kept it really fun. And I think in some, like my other positions, you're focusing on the same thing right. every single day. It gets a bit monotonous. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's just so much to learn about all the different industries. We've randomly become experts in all these different areas. Yeah. That I don't think we'd ever thought we would know about at all, let alone know how to target their audience and potential customers and the ins and outs of different competitors. And that's something that's kept working at like just day to day, really interesting and fun. It really does. And I think that a lot of people try to stray away from that because there's almost that safety and knowing an industry, how that works, making sure that you can repeat the process because it's the same industry. Once we get really good at it too because we have found differences and we found similarities too about the process and what works and being able to replicate it but then tweaking things then we can dive in on that we can really focus on that but then continuing to have that interesting industry learning more really jumping into it 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 almost exercises our brains too so we're also expanding our creativity we're not just relying on the same things we're looking at we're we're applying what we learn for one client to in another industry to another client in a different industry and just it gives almost a fresh perspective yeah i think just to kind of summarize this our journey has been interesting and It has, this is where we were meant to be. We have big plans for the future. And really the point of us starting this podcast is we have learned so much along the way. We really have. And so being able to share that with you all and to empower other businesses, empower other individuals to also start these journeys, because if we can do it, you can do it. It's really that simple. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We have so many more planned. Many fun topics, a lot more learnings, a lot more stingers coming your way. So stay tuned on this new journey of ours. Thank you. Bye. Bye.